Stories with unexpected twists and turns seem to be all the rage these days. But what about a story where even the writers don't know what's coming? Welcome to The Story Symphony, the collaborative fiction podcast where each chapter of the story is written by an entirely different person. You, the listener, won't have any idea what to expect next. And neither will we, the writers. So strap in and let's see where The Story Symphony will take us today. You're listening to Chapter 4. Library Cards by Martin Dittman And here we go. Kyle? Kyle, if that's you, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. What do you mean you didn't mean for this to happen? Five, nine, four... Six, eight, seven, three. What is that? Vanessa, what is going on? I was still confused and not getting answers. Out of the corner of my eye, I suddenly noticed a beam of fluorescent blue-tinged light appear out of nowhere. I turned to look. It was hovering over the TV remote lying on top of a coffee table in the living area. A photo of me is coming out of the top in the same blue light. It's a strange thing to come out of a remote, though... I guess this is a fancy model. It's one of those huge new models, big Disney flicks logo emblazoned on it. Not one, but two pull-out screens built in. It's fancy even by Vanessa's standards. Vanessa, can you hear me? Because your remote sure can. The photo, and come to think of it, that string of numbers the machine read out seem familiar. I'm wearing an absolutely hideous polo shirt that my aunt bought me one Christmas. She said I looked like a 1980s dictator on holiday in it, and that somehow amused her. I try and remember where I wore it to. That's... That's my library card ID. I remember that day. I I just wanted to borrow an old-fashioned cookbook, and for some reason they forced me to get a new library card in that shirt. Kyle Hazar. Inner North Regional Library Service. Greater Melbourne Geelong Libraries. Chief Librarian Joe Stevens. Avoided clearance and successfully archived. Today. To connect, turn page. Vanessa's picked up the book and turned the page, causing the whole book to light up in a faint fluorescent green. My photo hovering over the remote has gone green too. I position myself over her shoulder and look at the page. It looks like one of those console computers from the 80s, but on a page. Greyish-black background with a green sketch of my face. As I speak and move, my face and lips on the page move too. Vanessa, what is going on? As I speak, my words appear on the page in the same bright green in that kind of console-like font you'd expect. I'm sorry. You've been archived, Kyle. At least you've been archived. Without what I do, it would have been far worse. Vanessa, I want answers now. I really didn't want to drag you into any of this, but I guess you're here. Look, the firefighters, you could say, I know them. I uh, invented their equipment. I thought they were a group of real firefighters. I mean, it's not like the city or anyone else does firefighting properly anymore. All these beautiful old buildings go up in flames all the time and nothing gets done about it. What? When the first attack happened... I knew that it was my stuff that caused it. I made a bunch of very high-powered flame suckers for them. Sounds crazy, but these things I can make literally suck out flames. 
but then they reverse engineered it to cause them. They're much more powerful than regular flamethrowers. They can burn entire buildings to the ground within minutes. I couldn't track the firefighters down, so I tried to learn everything I could about them. I don't know what their motives are, but I can't rest knowing people are dying. This is all news to me. I don't understand why you didn't tell me any of this. But that still doesn't explain the fact that I am dead and still speaking to you in your house, Vanessa. These guys, they, they've been around for ages and ages and ages. But without my machine, it was small. A few mysterious arson incidents here and there every year. Sorry, Vanessa. Can we get to the part about me being a ghost? Sorry, but be patient. You want the facts? I'm giving them. After the first incident, I went to Al, our old family friend, the librarian at the Brunswick Library. He knows everything, I swear. Librarians, they're very resourceful people. Anyway, these firefighters, they burnt down the rare book section at the Geelong Waterfront Library a while back, and that really pissed off the librarians. They were really determined to bring those books back. They managed to build this machine which brought burnt books back as a kind of ghost form, an archive. But when they turned it on, it brought all these people back too, all these arson victims. I've been working with the library ever since. It's, it's all a bit complex. Hi, Al. Oh, hi, Vanessa. You, you figured out your mystery? I did. It's Kyle. He's here. Oh, that's very good. That That's good news. I'm glad he got archived successfully. Listen, I know it's probably pretty distressing, even though he is archived. I just want to say we're here for you, all right? We're here to protect you. We need to get you to Sri Lanka, and, and not as an archive. Boats there aren't quick, and, well, neither is swimming. Yeah. Look, I need to get on a plane. Alive. We'll figure it out, Al. Alright, cheerio. I still don't understand how they knew I was leaving the country, Kyle, or how important it was for me to go. You didn't even know how important it was, and you booked it for me. I had to send some pretty subtle hints for you to go ahead with it, but how did they know? Why didn't you just tell me the truth? Kyle, it was just hard, you know? But right now we need to figure out how they knew. No, I want some answers. And if I'm a, a, a ghost or an archive or whatever I am, then who knows, maybe they also have their own ghosts in your apartment as well, spying on you, if it can somehow bypass your remote detection thingy. Oh no! Vanessa, get out of here now! You're right! Sorry, Kyle! Vanessa sprints out the door before I can do anything more. The flames are getting closer to me and I put my hand out curiously. Nothing seems to happen physically but I can feel the heat as my hand was burning. I have to get out of here. I look around me and the only thing I see that isn't on fire is a window. I hesitate, but if a fire can't hurt me, then neither can I jump from a building, right?
I woke up on the ground after what seemed like an eternity. My body ached, but nothing seemed broken. The firefighters, the real ones, had come and gone, and the building seemed mostly intact, a little charred, but surprisingly alright. I wonder if Vanessa had flame-sucking thingies built into the building or something. What would that even look like? Speaking of Vanessa, she was nowhere to be seen. She was probably far away already. Where do I go now? I have no idea. Vanessa had been on the phone to that librarian from the Brunswick Library, though. Maybe that was a good place to start. Walking down the street, I come across the old Brunswick West car garage run by Katrina Apollo. I knew Apollo well. She'd been Vanessa's mechanic for as long as Vanessa had been driving. Although in a past life, she'd actually been an architect before that whole field became automated too. As far as I can remember though, her building definitely did not usually have the ability to glow a fluorescent green. Five, nine, four, six, eight. Seven. Three. Ah, rightio. For what has been a very weird day, it has to be noted that the last hour or two have been particularly weird. So it made sense to me that my car mechanic was mixed up in all of this too. A really old station wagon from the 2010s, I think, was glowing the same blue as the remote, and my face was hovering over the whole car, although this time it was huge. Apollo came out from under the car. Very interesting. Kyle Hazar. Inner North Regional Library Service. Greater Melbourne Geelong Libraries. Chief Librarian Joe Stevens. Avoided clearance and successfully archived. Today. To connect, indicate gesture. So Kyle, I see you've been caught up with your girlfriend's work too. Wow. Looks like even a mechanic knew about all this. But I didn't. For someone who's talking to a dead person, you don't seem particularly disturbed. You knew what Vanessa was doing. This time, the words and the sketch of my face appeared on the outside of the windshield. Knew? This was my work as much as hers. I helped her build all of these things. Near-field ghost detection. It's very useful. Sadly doesn't work over long distances. Yet. I have a suspicion that the firefighters may have found a way around the ghost detection. They might have reverse engineered it? I was at Vanessa's apartment earlier and we talked a bit, in the same funny way as the windshield of your car can talk, but everything suddenly went up in flames before I got any proper answers. That's very serious, but not entirely surprising. This detection technology is all very new and these guys seem to know their stuff. Anyway, it's a good thing that you found me. Mm. Uh, Anyway, I think Vanessa's okay, but I'm not sure where she went. I need to find her. Apollo went inside her workshop and came out with a thick, flat piece of metal. She banged it against the table. Touch this. I reached out. The metal was cool to the touch and made my body shiver. Nothing happened after that. I didn't feel any more solid. But Apollo seemed very pleased. I saw the outline of your back for a second. Mm, I think it worked. 
It's a powerful metal, it works in complex ways, but for all intents and purposes has made you just a little bit more solid and sticky. Why don't we go for a drive? Do you know where Vanessa would have gone? I have no idea, but earlier I heard her on the phone to someone who works at the Brunswick Library. Maybe that's a good place to start? Oh, that would have been Al. Yes, Al's a good man. He might be able to help you out. Apollo got into the glowing green car and I hopped into the passenger seat beside her and sat on top of the sheet of metal. Apollo fiddled with something. I think I've also created a bit of a text-to-speech feature in this car. It will transmit what you're saying in your natural voice. Can you try saying something? Why not? I guess. It seemed to be working. This is fantastic. As the car started moving, I moved with it. Apollo looked thrilled. So, uh, how did you get mixed up in all of this? Vanessa has been playing around in my shop since she was a little kid. Occasionally she would ask for my help and so I learned about what she was doing. And of course she borrowed a lot of tools and materials from me. She was always so smart, so it was no surprise to be honest. Brunswick whizzed past, a mix of traditional suburban residences and 2020s converted homes. Old semi-industrial buildings turned into houses. We arrived at the Brunswick Library, and there Vanessa was standing casually out the front as if she was waiting for someone. As we got out of the car, Apollo waved to her and she walked towards us. Vanessa, I've got Kyle, and I've also got this. She held up a small handheld device. Kyle, when you speak, your voice will come out of this. Like a ghost walkie-talkie. Vanessa. Vanessa. I'm still mad at you for not telling me about any of this. I'm so sorry. I didn't know how to share any of this with you. A man came out of the building holding the book Vanessa used to talk to me earlier in the day. I've got the telebook. And, uh, oh, salad sandwich. Hi, Al. Seems like the whole gang's here. Well, maybe now someone can finally answer my questions. Apollo, we need to go back to your workshop. I was getting frustrated. What was the point of being able to talk to them if they weren't going to listen to me? You know, guys, it's been a very long day. Can someone explain what's fully going on to me, finally? I've had dribs and drabs, but come on, guys. Isn't a ghost entitled to something? There's no time. We need to get going. Guys, I just want to tell you before we get in that, um... Well, this is a very good salad sandwich. It has lettuce and rocket and kale. Is this kale? Yeah, kale and tomato. And, and of course, it has sprouts. Oh, what sprouts? And to top it off, the piece de resistance... It just has the tiniest, perfect amount of mayonnaise. And not that awful cheap stuff that they put in those catered sandwiches. I'm talking like quality. I don't know how much it is, but oh, it tastes wonderful. It's fair to say I didn't understand the significance of the salad sandwich at that point. Nor did I get any answers. But at least I could talk to them now. Today's chapter was written by Martin Dittman, who trained to be a journalist, but somehow ended up as a supply planner in a chocolate factory in country Victoria. He lives in Melbourne and spends too much time reading about politics, media, and computers. 
When Martin was little, he probably read just about every Young Fantasy book published between 1997 and 2006. His favourite series from that time were probably the Septimus Heap series and the Charlie Bones series. He's also a big fan of Terry Pratchett's work. So who knows what's going to happen next? Well, we certainly don't, but I'm just as excited as you are to see where the next writer will take us. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Story Symphony to stay up to date with all the latest news and goss, and to let us know what you think about the story so far. Kyle was voiced by actor and comedian Angus Brown, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at GusGusBrown or on Facebook at AngusBrownComedy. Vanessa was voiced by actor Maddie Tyres, who you can find on Instagram and Twitter at Maddie Tyres. Katrina Apollo was voiced by actor Tess McCaig, who you can find on Instagram at Tess McCaig. Al was voiced by actor Jimmy James Eaton, who you can find on Instagram and Twitter at Jimmy James Eaton. And finally, thanks to Leanne Miyako, the talented individual who created the artwork for this podcast. Follow her on Instagram at Leanne Bakes Things. Until next time. <laughs>